<laughs> Can I just say, we just had a whole conversation about who was going to introduce it and then I've like talked first. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I was like so prepared. So good morning, everyone. And or afternoon or evening, depending when you are listening to this. But welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I am Lisa. And I'm Alex, and I'm the one who always gets it wrong, apparently. <laughs> you don't always get it wrong. Normally, it's pre-recorded. So just then, like Alex has said to me, oh, will you do it? Because I can't, I can't do it right. <laughs> but you, you can't. Do you know what it is? It's just like, I know that I need a format. Whereas you're like, kind of just go with it. I don't know why, but I know I need a plan. So if I don't know whether you're going to say it's a sober experiment podcast i feel like i have to say it and then i get all mumble jumbled and then it just like sounds planned anyway do you know what i mean yeah i do know what you mean so basically i'm lisa that's alex this is a sober experiment podcast <laughs> by be sober and um let's kick straight and i feel like alex is excited to talk to me today because we've not even said hello and she's gone let's get straight in which means she's got something up her sleeve so go on go for it, it well actually before i tell you the thing up my sleeve which you're absolutely right you know me too well um <laughs> did i see that your beautiful granddaughter took her first steps Oh, she has. She yeah. actually has. She's literally taken her first step. She's walk well, she's not fully walking, but she is like doing about seven or eight steps now. So That's yeah, amazing. She she's not even one yet, is she? No, she's one in on Valentine's Day. I can't Alex, where has this year gone? I don't know, but I am the worst godmother ever. Right. I am the her. I am Lisa's granddaughter's mother's godmother. That's a yeah. long mouthful. I hope I got that. No, right. you're not my mother. Your daughter. Oh, your daughter. You your just granddaughter. Have a goddaughter. Oh. Your, your granddaughter's mother's godmother. <laughs> yes, basically, you're my daughter's godmother. You could have made that so much easier. I know. It was deliberately done like that. But anyway, yeah, I am Bethany's godmother. I am the shittest godmother. Actually, you're pretty shit and all, to be fair. Yeah, but you know what? I feel like I have a right to be shit because you were so shit with Beth. <laughs> so, I wasn't so when, when she was a baby, you was go, I? Like, you'll say, oh, it's Abel's birthday tomorrow or something. And I think, I should know that. But she was shit with Beth, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I was good when she was a baby. I was actually a really good, mo- God, mo- good mother. I'm not a mother, I promise. I'm not trying to do a single white female on you. I was actually a really good godmother for the first few years. And then obviously we had time apart for a little while. And then yeah. I just felt like I was a bit of an imposter then coming back in and trying to be all godmothery with her. <laughs> well, what does a godmother do? Waves its wand. <laughs> <laughs> she could do with a bit of wand waving, my Beth, bless her. To be but, fair, um, she knows I love her and I always message her on her birthday and I, whenever I see her, she, and I, I know she loves me. We've got a little bit of a weird, unspoken yeah. bond. Oh, I can't, you know, I've literally just been for a walk around the lake with my mum. Not deliberately, actually. I bumped into her while I was going around the lake, which is so nice. And yeah. me and the kids were talking about this the other day because I bumped into Beth in Aldi and she was like, it's so weird, like, that I don't live with you. Like, she's 25 now. She's a mum. She hasn't lived with me for ages. And she's like, it's weird that I bump into you in places. It is funny, but it's so nice. It is so lovely that you get to do that and you're like, bump into each other just yeah about well we life. also work with each other every day so it's like but it still shocks us if we bump into each other so I just saw my mum around the lake and we were talking and I said how am I a grandma to I like know. a nearly one-year-old and she was like well what about me I'm a great grandma in the old days great grandmas didn't even see the children in the family <laughs> I said so true. we're breaking cycles we're breaking cycles <laughs> 
Did I explain why I'm a shit godmother? Because I haven't actually met my god my goddaughter's child. Why? Yeah, what, what, she's nearly a year old. Why have I, I not know. seen her? I know. It's so bad. Beth actually said in the first couple of months that Alex is really shit. She's not seen my daughter yet. I bet she didn't word it like that. No, she did. Did she? Yeah, she oh. did. Yeah. Oh, that's why I'm shit, because she speaks behind <laughs> too much. You know what I think happened? And they, this is not actually um, about you at all. But you know what happens when you have a child? You realise, like, about the people in your life, don't yeah. you? And you can't believe, you absolutely adore this baby so much. You can't understand why people have not followed the North Star to come and see it. Do you know what I mean? You're like, how have people not, like, said, oh, my God, come and see see my baby? I think that is like, a weird thing because your life carries on. Your life's going on its own little trajectory and carrying on and their life's carrying on. And before you know it, a freaking year's gone. <laughs> I know, she'll be 16 by the time you eat her. No, it's not. It can't happen. I've got, to, I've got to make, I've got to see her. I've got to see her soon. <laughs> so, yes, I have got something up my sleeve, right? I don't know what's brought. No, I do know. Why am I saying I don't know? I've, I'm doing a fast, Lisa. Oh, yeah, you did mention this yesterday, actually. But I'm like doing it as an experiment, right? So, oh, shit. I, the, I, the be, be fast experiment. <laughs> well, what, what's happened is Barbara, our, um, who was our Sheffield ambassador, she's recently handed over the reins to Christine. But Barbara um, has been dabbling with a bit of fasting. And she'd done, I think she said she'd done 40 hours. And she suggested that in the app, we created a chat for anyone who wanted to do it. Because there is a big craze on doing um, fasting at the minute and intermittent fasting yeah. and all that. Anyway, um, I've there's a really good book out there called Fast Like a Girl by Dr. Mindy Peltz. And it's all about how to fast as a woman in synchronicity with your hormones and your cycle. Yeah. So it's like making the most out of fasting at the best time of your cycle. So I've kind of been listening to this stuff. I've done loads of 24-hour fasts by just finishing eating at dinner time, then ending up going to work and eating. And some of them have been deliberate, but I've never felt the need to do any more than 24 hours at all. Like, yeah. why would I? This like 24 hours feels good. But anyway, in this book, and then since then, this research I've been doing, it's got some like massive apparent and scientifically researched hidden benefits. Now, just to put a disclaimer in there, I don't, this would have been a better chat actually next time because we've got a sugar specialist on coming on in a few weeks. Oh, but, yeah. But I, I, it's, it's relevant now. So it, it's apparently got some scientific benefits. And like I say, disclaimer, I don't, know how good the science is i only know I've, I've only been told it is do you know what i mean i've not done any of this yeah. myself but stage zero is zero to 12 hours you're just digesting your food and peaking your insulin at that point so that's why you feel more hungry stage one 12 to 18 uh fat burning begins and your insulin starts to fall so Technically, after 18 hours, you're into like fat burning zone. 18 to 24 hours, ketosis begins. So you're actually burning your own fat reserves. And that, that's where I've done up to. 
and I've done it for fat burning purposes. But listen to these. How good are these? Right. 24 to 48 hours brain cleaning and auto, uh, autophagy, which is or, or autophagy, depending on oh, how you the say it. Oh, the sound of brain cleaning just sounds so good. I have to tell this. I'm going to give you the experience to go along with it because we don't want to hear just the words. But right. All your nasty little um, zombie cells start getting cleared up. So anything that oh, I don't think cause, I have that. Well, you might not. <laughs> anything that potentially causes illness go, gets starts to get mopped up. Stage four, 48 to 54 hours, your HGH, which is your growth hormone, surges and any inflammation you've got starts to fall. So you stop looking puffy and feeling puffy. 54 to 72 hours, um, Insulin is uh, sensitizing and autophagy peak. So you're at the peak of cleaning up your body. And then at 72 hours plus, you die. No, no. <laughs> this is the best bit, Lisa. Stem cells form and you get a, a refresh on your immune cells. So you <laughs> boost. Like, I can't wait to have that. Right. I know that sounds like really bizarre, but I'll tell you where I'm up to. So the last time I ate, was at 11, I finished eating at like 10 to 12 on Monday and we're on Wednesday now. So I'm just coming up to the 48 hour mark. So what have you drank in that time? So I've had black coffee. Yep. I've had water and I've yeah. had water with electrolytes in it, but I've had non, non-sweetened, non-calorific electrolytes. So I've had no calories in my body whatsoever. And do you feel good right now? Now I do. So just to take you through. So I finished deliberately at lunchtime and I think that was really good. I've normally done my fast when I've finished eating at night. But then in the morning I've been hungry. And I think yeah, that's because you're digesting. That, yeah. Whereas I finished at lunchtime this time. So I think that's good because then when you go to bed, you go to bed a little bit hungry. But when you wake up in the morning, you're already like 18 hours in and you think, well, I might as well push it to lunchtime now. Yeah, yeah. You've got a good bit, bit under your yeah. belt. And yeah. yeah, so you're waking up knowing you've only got a few hours. So after 24 hours, so yesterday lunchtime, I started to feel very hungry. Right. Really hungry. And I actually thought, oh, I'm not doing this. I want to eat tonight when I get home. But Sam, my husband, said, just push through because I think you'll find you feel really good tomorrow. So it was yeah. enough to get the kind of momentum. I felt a little bit like, to keep it in line with be sober, a little bit like, you know, you know, when we used to say, I'm not hungover, I'm just tired. Yeah. That's how I felt yesterday afternoon. That kind of groggy, sluggish, not yeah. great. And hungry. I've woken up this morning. I swear I could fight a bear. I, I actually, <laughs> honestly, it's all right. I went into BeFit this morning and I didn't record it because what I was going to do was just demo the exercises and let them have a chat. So I streamed yeah. it, but I didn't record it. Let them have a chat and then just do the next one. I couldn't believe how strong and good I felt. Like, That's I, so good. So I did it. I did the workout. And honestly, like I feel like my eyes are dead wide. I woke up at 5am this morning, bolt upright, no tiredness. I didn't get to bed till 11. I felt great. And I right now, I just feel like I could go and run a marathon. Oh, you're selling it. You're selling it to me. What, um, what are you going to have for your first meal? Steak and eggs. Steak and eggs? Yeah. Like a steak and what kind of eggs? I might have some scrambled eggs with loads of butter in. Steak and scrap. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's not I'm going to have. That's what I want. Yesterday, right, if you'd have asked me yesterday, I was going to have a Krispy Kreme donut and a load of Brazil nuts. Don't oh, I no. I don't know why I wanted Brazil nuts, but I was really craving sugar yesterday. Yeah. I've just, I've just measured my ketones on my breath as well this morning. And I've got into ketosis, so I'm fat burning now. Yeah, so you feel that'll make you feel good anyway. You love stuff like that. I know, I like a measurement. Yeah. I would say, I'll tell you how I feel right now. So I feel alert. I've got no brain fog. My mind feels crystal clear. I feel like everything's hypersensitized. You know what? I can see it in you because honestly, um, not many people on the podcast get to see you just before a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And usually, um, well, not usually, but often, Alex comes on and gives rushed it. Rushed in from work, haven't I? Rushed in from work and I, uh, yeah, right. But today I saw that kind of spark behind you and I knew yeah. that's why I was like, you've got something up your sleeve yeah. there, you want to talk about something. So it was actually really nice for me. So you keep fasting. Like, I <laughs> I'm going to do one of these a couple of times a year because I don't think you need to do them often. You just need to clear out old And is it 72 crap. hours, have you said? 72 plus. So if I get to tomorrow lunchtime, because that's when the peak like how long can you fast before you die well somebody on a facebook group that i'm on is on day 11 of a 10-day water fast oh that's actually carried on i won't go that long and i don't think you need to some people say five days right and i really do not oh my god you look bright in that but five days i i listen i'm supposed to 72 hours will be tomorrow just before midday Thursday before midday. At the most, I'm going to push it to tomorrow evening. So I'll get maybe 76 to 78 hours in, which is a lot. Oh, it'll be so delicious, your food. I know. It's going to taste so good. But that's when, at 72 hours plus is when you get a real, the biggest benefits and they just go on then for however long you do it for. Yeah, that's good. But I think it does go in peaks and troughs. Like I feel... Right now, if I could nail all my feelings, I can tell I've not eaten in my tummy. It's yeah. not rumbling, but it feels like it could do with some food. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm hydrated, so I feel nice and hydrated. I have not got one streak of tiredness. There's not a chance. I feel like I imagine you feel if you take a load of cocaine all fired up. Fucking hell. <laughs> Too. I feel. I don't think people feel that good after they've taken a load of cocaine. In truth, maybe not. But that's how I, I feel. A bit like the limit, limitless pill. I ju- yeah, I feel now genuinely everything's heightened. Right, so my hearing feels super sensitive, which is weird. My eyes are wide. I can't seem to relax them. They're like fire yeah. fired up, and everything looks sharp. I know this sounds so weird, but it's the truth. I came in from work and I was like, I can smell everything. Yeah, your sense of smell. Yeah, like really smell everything. And I just feel really like a werewolf. I feel like you're going to turn into a werewolf. I know. I'm excited. Like, I'm excited. Like, the next stage is Alex, like, werewolf in London. But this morning on Boothit, I was like, moving on, Alex, from that swiftly because we've got our guest coming in. We have. And I really wanted to talk to you about um, the scentier drinks that we've been sent. Oh, before we just um, do it, can I just say if anyone's interested in the fasting, there's a community chat. That's what I wanted to get to. Right. There's in a community the chat in the app being run by Barbara all about fasting and they're actually going to organise a group fast. So if anyone's interested, jump on that chat. 
get on the Be Sober app. It can be downloaded from um, Android or iPhone or go to the website and the link is on there under join now and you can get 30 days free. Correct. Yep. Fab. Right. Moving on. I want to talk about this scentier drink. So for those of you that are regular listeners, you will have heard our talk with Professor David Nutt a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were dead excited to get Professor Nutt on work with because yeah. he's just somebody that we've spoken about from the very beginning since our workplace talks and stuff like that. Um, so it was really, really, it was a biggie for us. It was a biggie Massive. for us. Now, on the back of that podcast, his team have sent over some of the scentier drinks that he has developed and founded. Um, and I'm not sure what I think about it. And I've not drank it yet. I've not I even tasted it yet. And I've, I've kind of, they came through and I took a picture of them and I was going to do a, an Instagram or a, a TikTok about it. And when I was reading more and more about these drinks, I thought, I, I can't do this because... It really, it, it worried me. Like the effects worried me. The, the fact that the leaflet says mood enhancing. And then the more I read the leaflet, the more I started to um, worry about it. And I thought we could have a chat about what we think to these drinks. Well, can I just say, first of all, that according to what Professor Nutt told us, there is no um, known addictive properties no known addictive properties. It all comes from plants, but so does tobacco. <laughs> so does this, this is what I wanted cannabis. to say. We spoke about this, didn't we, the other day? And I was like, you know what? There's this full thing now of it's plant based, so it's all right. It's plant based, so it's all right. Well, hang on a minute, because cocaine, heroin, caffeine, from, yeah, all of that is plant based, like right. weed, yeah, LSD, mushrooms, all all these things that people that drugs is plant-based vodka it's made from potatoes <laughs> is it yeah, apparently yeah it was juniper bushes or is that oh that's gin in it gin. juniper yeah but all these juniper bushes it's not the whole so... bush what a knob the berries <laughs> <laughs> but yeah juniper just imagine putting that in your glass a full um, juniper bush that's out of life for brian sure it is I, I think I've still got juniper berries in my spice cupboard from when I used to drink gin. Um, but yeah, so everything like that's plant-based. So it just, the more I read it, the more it made me worry. And he did say on our podcast that he perhaps wouldn't recommend it for people that are already sober. So Yeah, because I think it's because it creates the feeling of being a little bit drunk again. So if you were already sober, it could potentially, he said he didn't know or believe it did, but it could potentially make you want more, couldn't it? And then, oh, I've not got a big enough hit now, so I want to have a drink. Well, the, yeah. And the other thing is, Alex, on, on the back of this bottle, me and Rob really investigated this when we got it. Um, and the bottle, it came in a beautiful bottle. Beautiful, box. yeah. It was very well packaged and marketed. It, you know, he sent us a ginger beer with it and a tonic. We've got a bottle of the Gabba Red and a bottle of the Gabba Black. Um, and when I was reading it, it does say that no more than 100 mil is recommended per day. And it also says not recommended for pregnant and breastfeeding. So now I'm starting to think, well, why? And you said... I think that's because the GABA might be passed on to the baby and there's too much for a baby's... Our natural production would be too much for a baby or a fetus's production. I think it's going to be that. And just in case there were any side effects, I don't think you can recommend it for pregnant people. Because if you're making more of a chemical in your body, 
any chemical, you don't really want to be passing that on unless it's your immune immunity. Yeah. I think it's just that. But I'm with you, Lisa. I'm fully with you. Like, I haven't dared to try it yet. And I kind of... I'm nervous to try it because not that it would because it absolutely doesn't. So if anybody's tried it, please don't be worried about this. But for me, I feel like I might have tampered with my sobriety. Yeah, I feel like I might. You, you know what it is for me? That it, it said on the leaflet about how one glass of wine can kind of reduce social anxiety and that this um, sentient spirit gives you the same effects, right? And I think I've spent... Five and a half years, nearly six years, learning to do all this shit without a substance. So of why would you want to put it back in and become reliant on it? Yeah, like yeah. why? Why would I want to do that? Like why would I get that drink? And I know what I'm like, and I know how much I go with like um, placebo, right? I do, I do, and it's I do. so much in your mind. And I'd start thinking that now relaxes me, so I need one of them to relax me. And oh, I'll just have one. I'm going meeting people, so I'll just have one before I go, so it relaxes me. So I feel like I've, I've just been looking at it, and I'm like, I don't think. I want to try it, but I also really want to try it. <laughs> Hold that thought. I'm going to bring our guest in, right? Yes. And then we'll carry on this conversation because I want to tell you something else now that maybe I, I haven't said before. So we've got Sue Ticklon. Sue's one of our ambassadors and she's also the co-founder of Lisa's newest venture, Revive. Yes, Revive Wellbeing. Yeah, um, I'm just going to bring her in and we'll just we'll just join her in the chat. We'll say hello and then we'll join her in the chat. Um, so here she's coming. She's coming. She's coming. If you put your camera on and unmute, Sue, if you can hear us. Dun, dun, dun. I love that picture. For anybody listening, she's got a lovely picture of her in a bright yellow jacket in the sea. She's always in water and she looks so happy. Not in water right now, I hope. Turn your mic on, Sue. <laughs> put your mic on. Yay. Oh. Hello. Hello. I'm such an amateur at this, as we know. <laughs> Oh, you are not you are not and we we haven't talked about your podcast yet but we're gonna we're just having a conversation right now about censure drinks you know the drinks that professor nut sent us oh yeah so just to summarize it we're both very wary of taking it because our different feelings i feel like it could disrupt my sobriety even though that's not necessarily true lisa's saying that she wouldn't want to become reliant on a new substance after generating all the healthy coping mechanisms yeah and i was just about to tell everybody so i'm going to tell you this and then we want to know what you think oh go on then. so when i here i go again talking about my bloody organ when i started playing the organ one of the things that really happened. Did you just snort, Lisa? <laughs> sorry. I snored. I thought I nodded off for a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> what an absolute cow. There we go. When I started playing it, one of my worst moments was when I had um, a wedding, my first wedding to play. And I was really scared. I mean, unnecessarily scared. I was just terrified of it. So do you remember you went to that event, Lisa, that yoga event in Manchester that I was supposed to come to and I stood you up on? Yeah. Yeah, look how, how happy she is. And no, that, I, I remember the event. Yeah. Yeah. I, d yeah. I didn't. I've been waiting for you. Come on, speed it up. <laughs> in, look at this. Can't even bloody have a minute to process my thoughts. In the in the gift bag, there was some um, cannabis, cannabis oil or whatever it's called. What's it called? CBD oil. CBD oil. Thank you. There was this CBD oil. And on there, it says eight drops maximum. And I actually put about 20 under my tongue. 
right? So I overdosed on it anyway, but I wanted it to relax me. And not one little thought or worry passed my mind of having to rely on a substance. <laughs> it did relax me, but not very much. It was a bit pointless. Is that it? My point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just saying. Oh, but, Lisa, but you're brutal. Is, go on, good story. I know you're more interested. <laughs> no, my point is, right. What, honest to God, I'm going to go. You two can have this podcast. I'm leaving. <laughs> My my my, my, um, my point is though that that is a substance, and actually it's got yeah. stuff in it that claims to relax you and be an artificial product. Yeah, I didn't flinch about having it. So why am I flinching about having the drink? And I think it's because it's a drink. That's my point. I, I get well. I have the trip drinks, and that has CBD in it, and I really like them, and I don't think anything of it. What, so what's the difference then? Why are you so fussy about because it? Because it's, it's in like a, a bottle that looks, it, I think, I don't know, it looks like a poisonous bottle. <laughs> it doesn't. I think it looks lovely. Right, you talk to idea. Sue and I'm going to get the bottle for those bottle. of you that are watching. Do you know what? I'm a little bit like you guys in terms of I wouldn't try it. Funnily enough, when Lisa was telling me about it, I went, oh, I love that, right? When she said how she felt and then I was like oh actually no and I agree so I I haven't tried CBD oil and I haven't tried any alternative because I would be scared too of getting reliant on something else so I actually am a little bit straight laced with that I have had alcohol free drinks yeah um, and I relied very heavily on them in the early days they actually helped me to get so much I used to have like two bottles of no second in a night. I'm like, there's not even anything, but it was all about having something in a glass and having a, a grown-up drink. But I don't drink any of that anymore. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm a little bit cautious and wary of that and I wouldn't do that. But it's fine if people do, isn't it? You know? Yeah, well, that's it. It's not about a judgment. This is just about our yeah. discussion about it, isn't it? But I mean, CBD oil, can I just tell anyone who's listening, don't bother. It's absolutely bloody pointless. Go on. <laughs> Right, this is the bottle for those of you that are watching. So there's a red one and a black one. And it's quite thick, isn't it? So it looks like, for anyone not watching, it looks like a Bailey's bottle shaped, like a large Bailey's bottle shaped. And it's got a very bright gold label on it. You might be best just Googling it, to be honest with you. But Google Sentia. Somebody said Sentia to me, but I'm sure Professor Nook pronounced it Sentia. But anyway, Google it. Um, and have a little look at the bottle. I just think it looks like a nice bottle. I don't have anything against the bottle. Yeah. Well, anyway, like you said, Google it and tell us what you think. Email us and let us know what you think. Yeah. Let's let's talk to Sue now. Forget about Professor Nort and his Stop spirits. talking bollocks now. Come on. <laughs> Let, let's talk to Sue that's been sat here nervously and had about a million nervous wheeze. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Should we you know just what? It's been... been on your podcast. Both of us have been on your podcast. And yeah. I don't know how we've got to this point and not had you on ours because that just feels weird to me. And I feel like it's because we talk to you so often, especially Lisa, you kind of like, you just got slipped through our net somehow. <laughs> I was sat here like crying every night, going to sleep, thinking, why have they not asked me to go on this podcast oh! yet? <laughs> No. And do you know what? Maybe now's the right time. Maybe it was meant to be. So uh, I am really, really excited to be here. I know I've said I'm nervous and I've had a million ways, but I am really excited as well. Even though I do see you both an awful lot and talk to you a lot. I know it's so funny. I was this saying, week. 
I was saying before that I've been dying to get you on this podcast for years, actually. From the very first time I met you, we probably spoke about you being a guest on the podcast and we're on season 11. (laughs) Talk about slipping through the net. That's like extreme. worth waiting for. But now we finally got you on and I speak to you nearly every day of my life anyway, so I probably haven't got anything to say, Sue. I know, that's it. Bye, Sue. We're done. Now, you have seen both of us this week, though, haven't you? I I tell you what, it's been a a great week to see you both. (laughs) I keep reading your social media posts from this week and like you had an amazing, obviously you can talk about the dip you had, but you had an amazing dip. You did the menopause fitness event with me. It's just been like one of those. How much has your life changed, Sue? It's it's beyond recognition, really. Um, I wasn't, I want to say I wasn't that active before. I, I did. I used to run 10Ks badly, very badly. Um, and, you know, just for the medal. And, and then I'd drink immediately after it. And some of them started at eight, nine o'clock in the morning, these yeah. runs. So by the time I've done it, two hours later, I would then go on to drinking. But that was my only exercise that I ever did. And now my life is full to the brim of of. of exercise of things to make me feel stronger of wholesome things in nature lots of well-being things um and when people say to me oh my god you're just so busy all the time and how do you cope and whatever it's because when you do something that you love it doesn't feel like a chore or hard work it's just my life and my life is full of all of that good stuff so actually it's just really really rewarding um and so yeah my life has changed immeasurably um and I always say that one of the main things is that I'm still sat here and when people kind of go well you don't look as though you was ever that bad or I, I can't imagine that you was that bad I genuinely genuinely don't think I'd have been sat here today if I hadn't stopped drinking um and I think because I give this air of oh everything's amazing everything's fantastic and everything's positive I think people forget about the polar opposite of that and how bad my life was uh when I was at rock bottom um so yeah I do kind of have to remind myself sometimes that as much as I'm being positive and life's amazing that actually I need to remind myself sometimes where I've been can yeah. we take you back there then, Sue, if you oh, don't if mind? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why don't you bring the bloody mood down, Lisa? So amazing, but let's go back to the shit bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we always like a shit story for you. <laughs> <laughs> As long as we can end on a positive. <laughs> we, we, we definitely can. Well, you're here, aren't you? Which is definitely a positive. But <laughs> please, will you take us back to why you did stop drinking, how you stopped drinking and how you got to this stage now? Not yeah. much then. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, and I forgot the first question that you asked me already. But um, so, so there was like why and how I stopped drinking, wasn't there? So um, I stopped drinking because... My drinking had ramped up to a stage where I was drinking at least two bottles of wine every single night. So that started between five, six, seven o'clock. And within an hour, that wine had begun. It wasn't over an extended period of time. It was really, really quickly. So I was clearly drinking to to black out and to forget and to 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 numb pain. Um, albeit I didn't really think of it at the time. What am I trying to numb out? Um so it was this cycle and that was happening every single day. And then during the day, I felt like I was walking through treacle. Um, and I was also, I hadn't been in my job very long. I'd only been there six months and I thought, 
I felt like I was going to lose my job. I felt like I, I wasn't capable of functioning properly uh, towards the end. Um, so anyway, that, that's how bad I'd got over a number of years. So I'm going to say about six or seven years. Um, but it had got particularly bad in the last two years after my dad passed away. And then there was two years before I stopped drinking and went sober. And in those two years, I think I was numbing out that pain and that grief. Yeah. Um, And I I don't know whether it was to just block it out or whether it was because my dad was a massive drinker and I was kind of relating or trying to be like him. I I still don't really know what that was. All I know is that was the place that I found myself in. Um, I went to my sister's hen party and spent... Hours and hours just crying and ruining her hen party. Um, sorry, Laura. I imagine you see it's like, oh, no. sorry, I know I'm interrupting <laughs> you, but like, having, I've never seen that side of you. No. It just feels like, how can that be you? I know. Ruining yeah. anything. I was dreadful. I was dreadful. And I remember the reason that I was crying so much is that I got so emotional that she was getting married. Uh, my dad wasn't there to give her away. Um, and so I spent the whole hen party crying. And I'm like, she's got to get married and she's got me crying because my dad's not there. She doesn't really want to be reminded of that Um, because it was quite soon after my dad had died that all was happening. So I was portraying my grief on her when she already had her own and she was getting married without without my dad there. So it was really quite unfair of me to behave that that way. Uh, I had to be picked up about six o'clock in the afternoon and taken home and flung in bed kind of thing. Um, Anyway, the next morning, my mum, uh, rang me and she was like, I'm going to talk about, you know, what's kind of going on. And I was like, why, what's the matter? And she said to me that I was just turning into my dad um, and that my drinking was excessive, that I was a, I don't think she used the word I was a disgrace, but that was the tone. Um, yeah, that's how you felt. Yeah, yeah. My mum's mortified now. She's like, I don't remember this conversation, Susan. And I was like, I remember it. I remember yeah. it. Um, and I remember sitting on the bed. I I hung I up because I couldn't talk to her. Um, so I was sat on the edge of the bed sobbing and, and that kind of went on for a couple of hours. And that day I, de- I made the decision to never drink again. Um, like I've got goosebumps. Oh. <laughs> and, and I didn't. Now, I have to kind of put a disclaimer out there that if people are drinking an excessive amount like I was, that could have really backfired to just stop like that. I had had support about six to nine months before and had gone through... I think it was smart recovery uh, sessions and things like that. Um, so I had had some support and some counselling, but hadn't stopped drinking then. So I have I wasn't completely cold turkey with no tools. Um, but I do think if it had gone another three to six months, maybe I think it'd have been a different story because I'd have had to go into rehab. I think. Yeah. Um, so I was very lucky that I stopped when I did. Did, do you think you knew yourself? I, I'm I'm going to use your words. Do you think you knew you were like a disgrace yourself? Was it that? Was that your feeling? Yeah. Oh, I hate that you've just yeah. said that. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Like, I really didn't like how that question was. So sorry. But you know, when you feel like, no, I'm just using the words like you said, yeah. you don't think your mum said those words is what I'm saying. You don't yeah. think your mum said those words, yet you must have taken that from it. So yeah. did you know, did you feel that's what you were? Yeah, I was absolutely out of control. And and do you know what? 
I was a disgrace. And I, and even now looking back, I was. So, I, I, so I'm not offended by you saying that at all. Uh, and I must still feel it because I've just used that in, in describing how I was. Yeah. Um, and I felt that I was. And I do still sometimes feel that shame. Yeah. But then I had to put a positive spin on that because as we know, positivity is, is what I am. Um, and think, but actually I had to become that person to be the person that I am today to turn my life completely around. So the Um, second part of what I was going to ask then is because I, I never had the feeling of shame when I was drinking. I just thought I was funny. (laughs) Well, I wasn't. Oh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I mean, towards the end of my drinking. It was an absolute disgrace. (laughs) Towards the end end of my drinking, genuinely, there's one occasion where I would have said about myself, I behaved in a very disgraceful way. I was a disgrace. Um, I've got. I don't know. How I got away with it. Nobody actually. I think they were more pissed than me. So that's the only way I've got away with it. But you know that that feeling of, and I know you especially, Lisa, have had this when you wake up the next day and you're like, oh my god, oh what for done now, or what for said. Even if nothing's happened, that's only ever happened to me once. So I guess really more of a statement, or is it a question? Were you in that place of waking up, going, oh my god, what have I done that for? Every day. Um, so every day there was the dread, there was the anxiety, there was the waking up at two, three o'clock in the morning, checking my text messages, had I fell out with people, had I wrote something ridiculous on Facebook. And there wasn't really a night that that didn't happen. So it was exhausting. You know, yeah. after a number of years, certainly those last two years, to go through that every single day was exhausting. So actually to stop drinking and, you know, there the will have been tough times in those first few days. Um, but it, it actually gave me a bit of energy back and a bit of my life back because so much of it was being wasted on all of that negativity and all of that feeling of walking through tar and treacle. And it's sad that we feel yeah. like, you know, we blame ourselves for something that, a, we'll go back to the drug talk, something yeah. that a drug did, like with this still, like you say, that shame, that humiliation, that embarrassment, oh. that all of that, that we go, I'm a disgrace, I'm awful, I'm bad. You know, like you know I, what, every Alex? time I have this conversation, Lisa, I think I'm a poor dad. I hate that I ever thought it. Every time I have it, it really, really affects me. You know, like when you said that about like disgrace and stuff, I think that really triggered me. Like into, because I was... Yeah, you jumped straight to defence, didn't you? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I do, I was just thinking about it then when you were talking, and I relate so, so much to how you felt all of the time, every single day. And I wasn't an everyday drinker, but the the shame I felt throughout the week for what I'd done or said or acted like at a weekend, like even now, it's made me a bit like emotional, to be honest, that, that, that you felt like that, that I felt like that. And it, it would just so, like you said, exhausting and still to this day, I get feelings of things that I said or did or moments or mm-hmm. and it and it comes to me and I try and like kind of get it out. I do think it's a triggering conversation, yeah. you know, like because I'm not triggered personally, I'm triggered in a different way, right, by that. Because what upsets me about that conversation and the closest I can relate it to is like I say, my dad, the fact that I used to say to him, do you, do you know you're an alcoholic? Why do, why do you drink? Why can't you stop? Like, I must have been compounding that self-loathing and that. I didn't know. I just wanted him to stop drinking. But I bet he must have felt shame. He must yeah. have done. 
Well, it depends, Alex. You are his daughter and you never felt it. So Apple actually, doesn't fall far from the tree, as in, you say. In your dad's defence, he will probably love in life going, fuck off. No, I do, genuinely, I do know that near the end, he was he was holding, you know, like, because he used yeah. to say, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't stop. Like, I don't want to stop. I know I'm an alcoholic, but I don't want to stop. But I knew he did. So, I, so looking back, I do know that's how he felt. I do know, yeah. and it's like, it just makes me so sad that, and it genuinely does, even though I'm, I'm asking Blase about it, but it makes me so sad that we beat ourselves up. And I guess more so, because I didn't. I did not give a shit. I didn't. We'll get back to our chat shortly, but first, let us tell you about Be Sober. At Be Sober, you'll find a supportive community of like-minded people who understand and support you. Energize your mind and body with our fitness sessions. Discover the power of mindfulness with Be Sober Yoga. Engage in vibrant discussions, workshops and support groups with thriving Zooms. Be Sober really is the ultimate community. Whether you're sober for a short time, contemplating it or have long-term goals of making meaningful connections, it's a place where you can find your tribe and create lasting friendships. Take the first step towards an empowered and connected sober lifestyle. Join us today at BeSoberOfficial.com. Do you know, that that's just reminded me as well that um, so my dad was a, a massive drinker for many, many years um, and we always had the conversation with him. Um, but it was quite some time after he passed away um, and he, he didn't, you know, die of alcoholism or anything like that. He, he passed away probably because his body had been battered for years and years and years of, of drinking whiskey and quite a lot of whiskey. Um, but it was quite a, no, a long time after he passed away that my mum told me that he'd actually been sober for six months before oh, he passed wow. away. And so, you know, that came out in a conversation with my mum about when she was saying how proud she was of me um, and, and not not disappointed in me being a disgrace. Oh, <laughs> um, but, you know, oh. and, she t- and she told me that and and, and I've, I've obviously that stuck with me then, um, that it, at least he tried to kind of see a better way of, of living and a better yeah. life and, you know, something else had cruelly come in and taken him anyway. We're so um, lucky, aren't yeah. we, that we've come out. We're so lucky. Yeah. We are lucky that we're, that we're here. And, and you know, just when you were talking then, I just, I, I made a note of something. So we are conditioned in society to, to think that alcohol is, is here to give us joy and celebrate all of our joy in our life and, oh, have a drink because it's amazing and everything's brilliant. But actually all it does long term is it just robs you of that joy. Oh, and I'm gosh, annoyed that I allowed it to do that for them years. But like I said earlier, I have to put a positive spin on it and think, I might not have been the person that I am today if I hadn't been in that dark place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You know, Sue, when we do our um, workplace talks, we've had to put a spin on them because, we, like you said, it's it's spoken about so much and marketed in a way yeah. that alcohol brings you joy and you have it at parties and weddings and all these things. And it's fab. And they say, don't they, if, if drunk people advertised alcohol, if the real people that drank alcohol advertised it, they wouldn't sell it. But um, it's like... We can't really say at the workplace talks anymore how all the negative effects of alcohol because they don't like to hear it. So we're allowed to talk about the positive effects of sobriety, which is amazing and we love doing and that's what's helped us anyway. But as soon as you start talking about the negative, people switch off. They do not want to hear it. It's so strange, isn't it, Alex? Like we, 
Yeah, but I think that's because of how we feel. You know, like, that's what's got me the most right now about this whole conversation is the language that we're all using around it when we're talking is just how how much it can make you feel so little self-worth. So if you think that we've come out, we're all sober and we now can say, I mean, I said nothing. I've got that one occasion, honestly. I've done shameful things, but I just hold no feeling. But we're all sober, we're out (laughs) the other side and we're still saying, you know, um, I did this, I behaved in this way, I was awful. When you are still drinking, and that's why I asked the question, did you know? You know, you know, when you're drinking, what you're doing, you know, that you're out of control. You know, that you're doing bad things, bad things in inverted commas. You know that you're not the person you want to be, but you're doing it anyway. And you feel like you're making a choice to do that. Do you know what I mean? That's probably why I'm like, oh, I don't care. It was probably a defense mechanism of, I don't want to go down that road of of loathing and thinking bad things because that means I've got to do something about it. That means I've got to yeah. change it. When mm. we do the workplace talks, like you were just saying, for us to highlight things like, oh, you know, have you ever snogged somebody? Have you ever done this? Have you ever hurt somebody? All those things that potentially everybody's done at least once, it just shines a light on the behaviour. And then oh, I still like, think that bit should be added in though. It's added in because so many people, when you kind of put up this list of things and everything on that list between Alex and I, we have done, we have done, and you see people go, because they've done it too. If you do that in the wrong way, if you talk about that in a negative way, right? So if you say alcohol will make you do X, Y, Z, off because that's about you as a person if you say sobriety will stop you doing xyz all of a sudden it's like well because you can think about it that way can't you yeah yeah i think it's that people don't necessarily want to deal with it when they're in the thick of it and they're drinking heavily and they're they're reliant on that to socialize and be with the friends and celebrate life um and things like that, they don't want to necessarily hear that they have to do something about it when it becomes problematic. And also some people don't recognise when it becomes problematic. They might think they're just a normal drinker. Most of us, but I was a normal drinker, I think. I still think I was a normal drinker. Do you know, it's weird. I'm at the gym this week um, and we've got a chat going at the minute about, and you've been to the gym now, Sue, so you know what it looks like. You can imagine there's loads of, it fits as many people in, in the classes. And we're doing a thing called Shred Track January between the group of women that go there. And it's basically just everybody being accountable, sharing recipes, etc. Anyway, in there, somebody asked the other day about alcohol-free alternatives. They've, they've done dry January and they want to carry it on into February. So obviously I'm in my element and I'm talking all about, you know, non-alcoholic drinks and alternatives. And then I was in on Saturday and there were two ladies there when we did that menopause workshop. And I said something about, oh, I haven't had a drink for nearly five years or whatever it was I'd said. And both of them who were drinkers because we'd seen that they were drinkers on the weekend before when we'd done the event in the Pointing Dog that you both came to in the pub. Um, both of them said, I need to do that. No, judge, it's changing. Like the, in the past, it's been like, oh, what are you doing that for? Everybody I've spoken to through January, and I mean without exception, has reacted with, I need to do that, or I want to do that, or, oh, I'd love to be able to do that. Everybody. It's definitely changing. 
I think that people used to just do dry, dry January, and we talked about. I talked about this yesterday on my podcast, but um, on Sue's podcast, Tickle Time with yeah. William Porter. Oh, oh, oh I'm so excited! <laughs> um, but also, and he was he was saying about people go out and get wasted all through December, and then on the first of February. Um, but actually, I, th- I feel as though. The, the drinking culture and the drinking society is, is quietened down a little bit. Now, whether it is just because it's dry January, but I also think that, like you just said, Alex, a lot of people carry it on, don't they? They think, oh, the benefits, these benefits yeah. are great. They do, um, yeah. They do. Do, you know what, do you know what we found, though, on the flip side of that, just to sort of balance it back out? That sometimes I think we think it's quietened down, like you've just said. Yeah, and it's because we're in a this. we're in a bubble, aren't we? So mm. we're all surrounded by everybody sober, so we only ever see sober stuff. But when Lisa and I went to an event a couple of years back, and we couldn't believe that it was still even like that bad. Yeah. <laughs> the activity the activities we do are different than what we used to do when we drank as well. So the type of yeah, people that true. we meet in are different than we would have met before. So I feel like we are meeting more people. So say you go to a yoga class, they're more likely to be carrying on with their dry January into February. But actually, if you go to the pub that you used to go to, they're probably not. Like I saw a post saying we're doing dry January, dry gin, dry vermouth, dry this, dry that. And I thought, oh, I'd have definitely put on that sign outside our pub. <laughs> I definitely would have put that sign out. But I agree, I think, that we're in a bubble and the things that we do are very different than the things that we used to do. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk Just about to Manchester on a night out. Oh, that's yeah, what I mean. Bad. Let's talk about some of the things you do sober because I want to, uh, I mean, Sue, so when you say you're outdoorsy, like you're outdoorsy. <laughs> I actually could give up this house completely. I know I've only just moved. It's weird because I just imagined her like planted in the outdoor. Yeah, you, you are a tree, Sue. Like a little sunflower. Yeah. See, how, see how I went to tree and you went to sunflower. You're so much kinder than me. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I just think this last couple of years, I've realised that that's where the magic happens and that's where the healing happens and you go outside and it's just peaceful and beautiful you know you can you can be sober and do yoga indoors and 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 watch movies and have all the self-care and whatever i i don't my time that i prefer to to be is outdoors because i just think there's something really special about that um and i do know from the popularity of everything that i do that we do that that is I feel that that's changing because it's like I want to come there I want a piece of that I want to jump in a lake with you I don't jump in it by the way uh, I want to come hugging trees I, I don't do that every day uh, but people want to do it and they want to feel that connection because well without getting too spiritual we're all part of something bigger and and there's a great big world wide world out there and why not get out and experience it instead of sitting in four walls you know what, Sue? I've just been saying to Alex, I've met my mum, not deliberately, I bumped into my mum around the lake this morning uh-huh. and we were talking about stuff and she said to me, do you remember when I first hugged a tree and you were going, mum, will you stop it? Will you stop yeah. it? I said you were all young. And I do, like my mum, I'm so lucky to have my mum as my mum. I feel so grateful because she has brought like the spirituality you always she, been spiritual your mum though aren't you yeah, always she's not very outdoorsy she'll do like a walk around the lake every single day but 
other than that, she's quite like she started. She hates the cold. That's what it is. But yeah, she was telling me about um, when she used to hug trees when I was little, and she used to talk about angels, right? And I'd be like, "Mom, will you not in public?" I'd be walking down the street, and she'd she'd be like, "Oh well, the parking angel got it." And I'm like, "Mom, will you stop it?" And now I'm doing all them things, so they've kind of filled it through, and a lot of them with you, Sue. But yeah, I just wanted to share that really. That's it. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you say that because then, you, you know, on the flip side of that, do your kids think you, that about you when you're talking that way now about those things? Yeah. Actually, your kids Shit, really, I've turned into my mom. Yeah, but yeah, I've been kids, telling you that for ages. <laughs> Sorry, your, mom. Your kids are really open-minded and, and kind of would absolutely go, oh, that's pretty cool Let my mum would say that. And, and do you know why I'm lucky? Because my kids... Yeah. They are very much like, oh, next time you fly up a hill, can I come with you? Can I do this? Can I do that? Adam's even tried the cold water, uh, you know, and said what impact that's had on his mental health and stuff. So luckily, I think our kids are a little bit more open-minded, want to try it, can see the benefits of our lives, yeah. you know, and, and how our well-being's benefiting and want to get involved, really. So... You know, yeah, my daughter's like that. My daughter wants to do everything I yeah, do. She doesn't yeah. want to drink. She likes to be outdoors. She does the exercise. What's your favourite thing, Sue? Your favourite outdoor Wait, I'm so sorry, sorry Alex. I want to ask her about her kids in this. I'm, I'm sorry. Right, we, can we, we come we, back we, to we, my question in a yeah. minute when Lisa's finished? Because yeah. I want to know your favourite. So you've got time yeah. to think now. Yeah. Okay. I, I just want to ask about your relationship with the kids and if that has actually changed since you stopped drinking. Um, yeah, de- definitely, because there is a relationship now. Um, I used to, because I was drinking all of the evening, and obviously I was working during the day, they only ever really saw me drink. And then at the weekends, I was drinking earlier and earlier in the day. So they only ever saw me drunk, slurring my words. Uh, I- I'd want to get all chatty with them when they come into the kitchen. Pretty sure they avoided coming down in the end, because, well, who wants to engage in a conversation with disgraceful so um so yeah that that was the thing that like a number of years before I'll have been fun Sue and fun mum and oh mum's yeah. a bit tipped and she's had a drink and then those last couple of years I'm pretty sure that they avoided me when I'd been drinking um so the relationship wasn't really there um I know um there's there was occasions where if in my relationship my last relationship I w- we was out for a meal there was occasions where I'd get up and walk out, not for anything in particular. I'd say I was going to the toilet and then I won't go back. Um, and so there was occasions where Adam had to come and get me and rescue me because I was just like walking around. This is how bad I got. And I know you say you can't imagine it, but this is how bad I was. I really put myself in dangerous situations. So I do recall Adam saying to me uh, on a number of occasions, and he was my youngest, and he saw this all through his teenage years. Uh, Mum, I think you need to stop drinking. I think you need to. Uh, don't drink in the house. Just drink if you go outside. This is a kid. This is my kid asking me to drink less. And I was, yeah. again, I feel that shame. Um so positive spin. We have an amazing relationship now. They tell me they are proud of me all of the time. Uh, you know, they they help me with my social media. They help me with you know creating things for events. Um, they are always telling people about the mum, um, and they really, really 
love everything about me sober and we just talk for hours and hours about crap mm. <laughs> you know and and so I have got a really good relationship with them now um and they don't really drink um I would say Adam probably drinks maybe once a month if that and Daniel actually considers himself sober now uh which that's a very recent thing and again very touched by that um and he he puts that day he said that he sees the benefits of what it does for me so how old are they so uh so they're 23 and 25 wow uh, and neither That's of them amazing, think, really. so yeah yeah so i am really proud of uh, of them of their support for me and and the way that our relationship's gone and they have massively been there for me especially this last year that's been quite tough um it's so, so good i love it thinking about that before and again you're very triggering today so I'm sorry I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about my kids and you were saying like that's how bad it had got yeah and these would be things that I kind of like have blocked out but I remember kind of coming on once and I think I'm pretty sure at the time we thought my drink had been spiked because I'd only been out a couple of hours <laughs> how much have we not been spiked now <laughs> no I know well I am thinking it was Sambuca because but I was it, I was so I'd gone out for steak with my friend and within two hours I don't remember getting home I don't remember leaving a, a bar and I literally I, somebody got me in a taxi and got me home and I remember throwing up in the sink um, and Olivia having to look after me while I was throwing up in the sink and I just think like... She's a what kid the then, heck? obviously, a child. Yeah, yeah. Well, if she's 18 now, I yeah, so she had to have been nearly six, six years, years ago. So she was, yeah, really, really young. It's and weird. the fact that she had to see her mum like that, and that whether I got my drink spiked or not, um, I made them choices to go out. Yeah, well, if you hadn't been pissed, you wouldn't have been spiked anyway, would you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, that's that, and like you've just said about the triggering aspect, I was just thinking about what you said as well, Sue, and the number of times. So I say I don't hold any disgrace or shame, but actually, right, I've just done a little bit of a <laughs> wincing moment because my kids used to say, why do you always have to tell us you love us so much when you've had a drink? It's so fake and horrible. Ah. Like, and they hated it because apparently when I'd had a drink, I'd be like, I love you. I love you so much. And I know I'd have done that because I used to do it to Lisa, like, hello, my kids. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa probably needs therapy as well. <laughs> but, like, you I know. Therapy from Alex's drinking. You I don't, I me and therapy Tommy from our nights out. <sighs> they were bad. They were bad. Oh, God. I can't imagine. Do you know, funny story, actually, just completely unrelated. But what I thought of when I was coming on here today, amongst the nerves and the nervous wheeze, was do you remember when I very first met you at an event in Manchester and I got all starstruck because I thought you were famous? I know you are famous. I know that. <laughs> um, but, now, but now that's gone because I just see you all the time and I talk to you all the time. But I do recall... Oh, so we're just at anybody now. You're just boring now. <laughs> but it was so, so funny. I was like, oh, my God, you're Lisa and Alex. You're, you're the people. I, remember, I literally... <laughs> remember was it a sober girl society yeah. do that it, it was something was it, like that yeah it was after it, was. it it was after it and we were sat at the table afterwards and then there was Kath there and sue and another lady called andrea came over and everyone yeah. was like oh my god you've got a podcast yeah. and, and we were like, going oh my god people like, listen to it, it. Yeah. you know i tell ben all the time my son i'm like you know i'm famous in the sober community don't you ben <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, bless. I'm like, if people walk past them, they sober, they'll know me. Yeah. <laughs> or I do it all the time with my kids. Daniel just tells me to shut up and rolls his eyes at me. <laughs> What I love genuinely about my kids, I mean, I love my kids full stop, but, and they were quite young. They were like 13 and 11, the older two, when I stopped. So thankfully they've not gone through the worst bit of their teenage years with me drinking. The hardest bit of the teenage years, should I say. But what I love the most about the whole situation is my seven-year-old never knows. He's oh. never seen, you know, he's never known that I've drunk. Now, I, I have done some pretty horrible stuff there, actually. And stuff that, I don't know if it's shame, but certainly stuff that I think, oh my God, I'm so glad it didn't carry on. Because I think like you two, my drinking was funny. Like, as in, I was the good time girl. I was having a laugh. But it definitely was turning. It was definitely turning to the point of, oh God. And I know people thought this. She's miserable. She's bitter. She's, Sam says I was a liability. He uses the word liability. Because I used to sit in the corner at the end of the night, just like, ruminating you can see that face that she's done then can't you exactly what that must have been like when she was leathered (laughs) ruminating and being just like yeah I can't even describe it the same but my um youngest I was quite neglectful in some ways like we've talked about this on the podcast before neglectful yeah I clearly remember going up to bed at night so I'd go to Sam's mum and dad's house Sam's my husband I'd go to his mum and dad's house we'd have cocktail nights so all dead safe in the house drinking kids would be upstairs playing like my two older ones and Sam's younger brother would be playing god knows what they were doing they were probably like stringing each other up out the window um and then the youngest in his cot in bed he'd be one or two years old and I would take up to bed my paracetamol, my ORS drops for rehydration in the morning, a banana, and that'd be it. And the banana was to feed Abel when he got out of his cart out of one hand because I couldn't be arsed getting up. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Like, what? I cannot imagine now. Abel now will shout mummy in the middle of the night and I'm up and I'm there. Like, what did I miss with the other two? I must have done. Yeah, I think it's sad though because we, we, we neglected our kids or our respons- parental responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, things that work. I knew that I was neglecting um, learning stuff in my new job. You know, we was also neglecting ourselves. I was going to just yeah. say, so we yeah. neglected ourselves. We neglected our own needs, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. And now look at us. I know, look at us, we're all shining, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm so proud of us, you know, like, because it's not often and it's really weird. We haven't actually spoke about stuff like this for ages. No. One, it's not really a nice place to go back to. Yeah. But two, actually, I've quite enjoyed this triggering conversation <laughs> because it is sometimes nice to realise and to be proud of yourself and to realise how far you've come because you know what? We did this. Like, you did it, Alex. You did it, Sue. Like, you made them chase choices. You made the decision to stop drinking and change your life. And the effect that has had on other people is just a massive, massive bonus, isn't it? And the effect it's having on love Loads of people now, like with the movement that you're doing now, Sue, with your new motivation to move and more. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Can can we go back to my question? Oh, your question. I wrote it down. I just literally want your favourite thing that you do outdoors. So so, uh, there are three and I'll tell you the favourite. So 
being around the trees in the forest, being in water, cold water is a massive one, uh, and being on mountains. So I've decided actually that for my mental health and the the buzz that you get, it's being in cold water. Yeah. Now I do have a tub in my garden, but actually I think when you're out in nature and you're in a waterfall or you know in a reservoir or, or wherever we go. It's that, that's where the magic is. And actually, I never go alone. So it's the magic with other people as well. Yeah. So for me, it's the water. Amazing. I just, mm-hmm. the reason I ask is that I've got lots of favourites, but I can name one as well. If I'm really nailed down to one thing, it's got to be the organ. Bobo, I know, but that's it. That's my, yeah. I know it's not outdoors, could be if you want to plug it in, but that's my <laughs> little escape, my moment of just me in my own world and if I've got that with one thing everybody must have that what's your favourite Lise? Oh I knew you were going to yeah. do that I knew you were going to ask me You might be able it. to decide because she'll be like oh it's this oh, it could be this go on Pick I really one. don't know I think what? what's the question what's what my favourite like just your favourite outdoor or your fa- I mean mine's not outdoor but your favourite thing to do for you Oh my gosh Keep it clean I was just going to say <laughs> you can have sex. <laughs> <laughs> well that's all right <laughs> that'll do it <laughs> you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with sue and say the the water and and the dips and the connection with people like there's something so magical like Sue and I went to a brand new waterfall a couple of weeks ago didn't we yeah. um with a couple of other people and it was so, honestly, I did not want to go. I, I was trying to get out of it all week when it was freezing cold. It had been snowing and I kept, and I made the mistake of saying that I'm trying to get out of it. <laughs> so then it made it impossible for me to get out of because they knew I'd be getting out of it. And honestly, I got there and straight away, as soon as you like get out of the car and you see the people you're going with and you're all doing this crazy thing together and then you walk in into nature, this it's just you can be on your own, but you can be with people as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. And when we found that waterfall and we went in, we all connected hands and kind of lowered ourselves in together. And that on it, that makes me emotional. Yeah. I get such FOMO so when you magical. talk about it. I get such FOMO, but I know it's not. I, I know it's not my thing, but I get FOMO for the feeling, so I can tell how much you love it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's but, just, and every one of us walked away that day. I was so glad that I'd not got out of it, um, but we did. We all walked away, and I think the word used was just magical. That was it. It was absolutely magical and I can't for anybody that hasn't tried it I have got to say please please try and either come on one of our dips yeah um or meetups or find one near you because there's lots of people that do this kind as a super special mind yeah. but <laughs> but um it is magical and you know these people that we do with this Saturday, Sue, we did on oh, Sunday we did one and actually two people that you knew Alex one yeah, from your from gym, gym care yeah. So that was the first time that we met Claire and Claire, the first ever time. And we all kind of went in together. And honestly, it sounds so corny, but you go in as strangers and you literally come out as friends. Like there's a 
something just happens in that water when you're all together. I'll and tell you I, what I can't you wait. Bloody cold. Them. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you get brain freeze, and you're like, "Oh, I'm in with my friends now." <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, it's true. It's funny because you get actually instead of brain freeze or brain fog, you just get such clarity. Yeah, yeah, you know what we're talking comes all day. At the beginning of this, Sue, um, at the beginning of our conversation, we were talking about opposite, like the opposite that you expect. So I'm not going to bore everybody with it again, but I'm in the right in the middle of a three-day fast. Mm-hmm. And whereas you would expect me to be sluggish and tired and all that, I actually feel really alert and really energised and on a massive high. And I feel like that's the same with cold water. Like You know what I love about that, though, Alex? Three minutes in cold water, you've had to not eat for 72 hours. <laughs> I'm just- Oh, yeah, it's worth three minutes. But I, but I, yeah, but my point, you know, my point about it is that the thought of doing these things can often be really quite off-putting. But when you do them, the benefits that you get through doing something yeah. that's just a bit special, different way, and I get that. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I get. Like I say, I get FOMO when you talk about it. I get FOMO because you both light up. Like you, you can tell how much joy it brings to you and how much peace. Yeah. Tell us about go on, what Lisa was asking, the motivation to move and more so. Oh, yeah. So it's funny because uh, just over 12 months ago, it started. So like at the very end of December, um, not not this December, but the December before, it started as let's have a January challenge. Let's do original. Let's do 10,000. Yeah, let's yeah, do 10,000 steps, some water, two litres of water and I can't even remember what the third thing was. It might have been something like meditate for a minute or, or whatever. If there was three things. Let's start a WhatsApp group. And so I put something on Facebook and it soon turned into, there was over 100 people. I'm like, oh, I can't have all them in a WhatsApp group. So I very quickly then put it on Facebook before the 1st of, of January, 23. And, and so every morning... I go on this Facebook group and I'll just post something motivational or, you know, and I'd go and Google that stuff. It wasn't just all in my head. I'm not the queen of, <laughs> of you know, all these these uh, memes and whatever. So I'd go and find them, put something on and ask people to post for accountability. And so for the first couple of months, we started doing that. And then it turned really into being more mindful. So we did some journaling challenges and meditation challenges and looking at our well-being as a whole and taking a, a holistic approach rather than get your trainers on and get outside. We we still do that. And we, people will say, oh, I've been for a 5K walk or, or whatever, or I've been and stood in my garden and connected with nature. Whatever people say it is fine and, and that's okay. Um, but there's now, I think, 260 people in that group, all women, um, and we all motivate each other every single day. And so some months I'll put a challenge on. So this is finding our joy in January. Um, and this month has been particularly magical because a lot more people are getting involved. Those people that were just watching from the sidelines before are all posting. They're posting pictures. They're going trying new things. Everybody's commenting on other people's pictures. So there are 260 women all supporting the other 259 of in there and it's really magical so but on the flip side of that that keeps me accountable it makes me be motivated and feel that I'm doing something to make a difference it's like what you just said then and Lisa says this as well I just want to pick up on it it's not easy to be positive is it it does require work doesn't it yeah Lisa always says that you know like she'll get messages 
and people will say, oh, but, you know, you're dead positive. And she's like, text will not work for me yeah. to be positive every I think day. it's the comment of, well, it's all right for you because you're positive. I'm like, that that can turn any positive person <laughs> into a negative one within three seconds. You know, I, I understand that as well because people will say similar to me in a different context, but like, well, it's all right for you. You can get, you, you're fit because you're a PT. No, I'm a PT because I'm fit. Because I bloody work hard. <laughs> for it yeah you right. have worked hard do they think I bop out of bed and want to go yeah. and wait you don't you sometimes I get up and I think oh gosh I've yeah. got to do a workout and I really don't want to do it but I do it and the benefits come after it's motivation is a really weird thing isn't it it can yeah. sometimes come after the fact <laughs> yeah and, and and you're right there because when you're then seeing people saying I didn't want to do anything this morning. I didn't want to go outside, feeling a little bit down, don't want to do this, but actually your post has brightened my day. It's made me put my coat on. It's made me, you yeah. know, get my trainers on. Think of how many people you get out of bed in the morning, Alex, with your, with your yeah. classes and things like that. Those people might not have done that if you hadn't they wouldn't have, motivated yeah. them. So it's it, it's infectious, I think, motivation. Yeah. Once you are getting it, out of bed than into it, like <laughs> what used to happen, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, Alex, you've just made it all smutty now, haven't you? <laughs> you started it, Sue, before. <laughs> yeah, it was your fault. You, you lowered the tone in the first instance. <laughs> I can lower the tone anywhere, me, really. <laughs> On the back of what you've just said then as well, you're also run Active Friends, correct? Yeah, so I created Active Friends. That's that's a hiking group, and it's not just for women. And it started as as a group of people in Bury, uh, in Manchester, North Manchester, uh, and that is actually a group that started just at the beginning of the pandemic, and when all you could do was go outside for a walk in nature, you know, away from other people, um, or or in small groups of six or whatever. And so that group was very very busy during the pandemic, and we would go out most weekends hiking in nature etc and we got funding and we got people trained up to be walk leaders and things like that Uh, it has gone a little bit quieter and it started to go quieter after the pandemic because of course once you could see people and your family people and go on holiday people wanted to do that but we still have something on we'll have a walk on once a month and we have the the dip as well be sober and active friends dip so it's still there there are still 600 people in there and they they kind of you know drop in and out of the events that we have so yeah I've always been the kind of person I used to have run clubs as well that I created so you do you do I, like a bit of connection Sue yeah yeah so right let's now come to present day because I really would like to know more about what the two of you are doing together because this is also interesting and it's in nature <laughs> it is in nature Let's talk. <laughs> right because I've I've not done anything with you yet by the way but I do I genuinely do intend to turn up to something I really like the idea because you do you're doing some vision board workshops yeah. I really like the idea of doing one of those you can't come to I that might. it's sold out <laughs> no, no but there'll be another won't there and you know what I might just rock up and you won't have a choice I'll bring all my stuff under my arm <laughs> I'm a VIP do you not know I'm famous in the sober world <laughs> it's at my house Alex I'll let you in um, <laughs> thank you it's it's one of those things because Lisa and I uh, had been doing so many things together anyway so with Be Sober and Active Friends but also B 
being friends and we were spending such a lot of our time out in nature talking about our well-being talking about the benefits of getting in a, a reservoir or a waterfall and how that affects our mental health and because we are both naturally popular people with all of our groups and connections people wanted to come with us um so for a number of years or for a long time we've been doing this and and just naturally inviting people along um and recently well probably for a few months we've been having conversations about creating something uh, a bit more collaborative a little bit more structured if you like uh with a logo and an eventbrite and lisa <laughs> coordinated <laughs> it all um and so yeah we have uh formed um revive well-being we're extremely passionate about well-being and and especially out in nature i know we've just said there's an event in my house and it's a vision board so that's not in nature unless you want to do it in the garden um but it's about I'm not after doing it in the garden i didn't get to, yeah you are alex can do it in the garden <laughs> but it, the reason that we're doing that and we're doing some meditation circles and things like that so they might not necessarily be outside but they're about your well-being and motivation manifesting things being grateful so they're all positive things that we're doing you better be careful You've got to be careful because Be Sober Manchester and the Sober Experiment, i.e. me and Lisa, when we were talking about it, that's what started Be Sober. This is going to be massive. Survive <laughs> Wellbeing is going to be massive. Lisa doesn't do things by halves and I no. don't think you do either. So. No. <laughs> it you could be dangerous. What? It has <laughs> actually been. You know, Alex, me and you are very on the same page as things. If we want something doing and when we work with anybody and we say, can we have that? We, we mean this second. No. Like, can you email? <laughs> so it's really good to work with somebody like that. And then Sue, you're exactly the same. So I absolutely love like when we come up with an idea, we are doing it. It's ready. It's out there. It's done. Sue actually messaged me last night because she was putting her own podcast out last night. And she was like, I've done a you and I've stayed up late because I wanted it this second. I wanted it out. It's terrible. (laughs) It is terrible. Like sometimes I think to myself, I'm still sat downstairs and I'm editing podcasts at 1am. Why? Yeah. This will wait till tomorrow. I've, honestly, that no, is something it's I got do want to get a grip on. Yeah, yeah no, it does have to be done. We're making it happen. Why? Yeah. why what, it, yeah. If we're ambitious and adventurous and we want to do this and share this stuff, it's not negative stuff that we're doing and forcing no, absolutely to not. do. When it's something that's infectious and, and, and motivating and has a really positive impact on people, pretty sure we piss people off as well with our positivity. Oh, you've got to do that. I, I always say that. That's my disclaimer. If I piss you off, scroll by. But, um, you know, with all of this positive stuff that we're doing and you know it could have an impact on somebody's day, then I'd rather do it there and then. You know what? And that whole thing about surrounding yourself with six people who you want to bring out, yes. that, that's what we've done, isn't it, really? I mean, it look is. what's coming every time. There's like a little tiny, what's it called? That effect, the ripple effect. Yeah. There's a ripple effect, isn't there, when you surround yourself with the right people. I've done it, you know, like at Stacey at the gym. Like, I didn't know Stacey at all. She very rarely drinks. She's not that bothered about it. She's into her fitness. I am now collaborating with her on some stuff. That has come because she loves what I do and I love what she does. It's just, once you find your like-minded people, it is magical. That is the word of the day. Yeah, it is. And and it's not a ripple effect, I think, in our case. It's a tsunami. A tsunami. tsunami. Because it's gained I love that that starts with Sue. Sue. (laughs) (laughs) 
that, that, that could be my next thing. I'll start. I'll, I'll get Daniel to do me a logo for that. That'd be uh, amazing to do now, me. I love it. I love that. Why have you missed that? No, no. Um, Sue, have we? Before we ask you our final question, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't asked you about? Because obviously, we've just had a proper full-on conversation I, know, I could just keep going all day I'm so sorry for the 30-minute podcast episode yeah too bad at least this one's very very joyous uh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, it'll I make do. up for um, some others go on to <laughs> I do like that it's it's brought joy. And actually, uh, considering I was nervous, um, it's been, you know, an absolute pleasure. So thank you for having me. Um, you know, for a fact, I've got to plug my podcast. Go for it. Yes, <laughs> you for have. Um, Any um, websites, get them in. Come on. <laughs> because... Uh, well, I have Tickle Time podcast. And so someone said to me once, oh, how did that come about? I was like, well, my son did me a logo. I said, and up until him doing me a logo, I didn't really have any idea that I wanted to do a podcast. So <laughs> it actually came off the back of, of Daniel doing something, a great picture with Tickle Time podcast, like, podcast on it. So I'm like, oh, like, yeah, that'll be good. Let's do that. Um, and, you know, it'll be nothing like what you guys have done. But that, that, get that get that line out of our <laughs> I know she's, she's got... Proper imposter syndrome. I know, I and am. they were people separately that both have imposter syndrome. <laughs> I'm just going to say something to you here now. Right, we've had the conversation where you've allowed us to ask you about your disgraceful behaviour. So get the line out. It'll be nothing to do with nothing like yours. It is an amazing podcast. So oh. Now you may continue. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, you've got, you're going to have a job to edit that out, aren't you? I'm not taking it out. I'm just going to have people know you've been told off. <laughs> But yeah, so I've had uh, almost 2,000 downloads and I'm only on, you know, uh, season two. But the reason I wanted to bring it up is, as you know, um, I interviewed William Porter last night, right? And honestly, I went completely fangirl. I was fluttering my eyelashes, playing with me. I'm like, Sue, what are you doing? (laughs) I I absolutely love William Porter. Uh, And although I've met him, I met him at Be Wild. I was his warm-up act, but uh, and we laughed about that last night night and he was just so lovely and I was so nervous about last night but it was a really really good episode so I definitely would recommend going listening to that can I just say as well that when our podcast was first listened to episode one for the first week only had 12 listens and you're saying it's only had this and that yeah I was honestly the first episode in the first week had 12 listens and we're at we're at thousands every episode now. it will grow it 100% will grow you've had some fab guests on there I mean I, I'm sat here with you <laughs> yeah hello <laughs> hello the famous ones have been on it <laughs> all of you just just need sober Dave really what about us <laughs> get sober Dave he's long gone now he's long gone <laughs> he's oh my god um, but not yeah, right. he doesn't listen to our measly podcast anymore, does he? <laughs> I, don't, I hope not. What if he comes back now and says, What are you saying? I'm like, I'm sober, Dave. Definitely doesn't. That's hilarious. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? <laughs> it is lost because he won't hear this amazing conversation today. That um, is true. <laughs> but yeah, and I think really, you know. Uh, 
when I was putting this podcast together, I remember going picking Lisa's brains, going, well, I don't even know what to do. I don't, do we need a microphone? Do we need a, what do we need to do? Yeah. And so, you know, this has kind of grown and got traction really because you guys have helped me, supported me, answered me questions, then invited me on yours. You've been on mine. Um, so I do appreciate that support as well. So thank you. Thank you. So right, let's ask you our final question. Okay. So as you know, our um, motto is be kind, be brave, be sober. Which one of those do you relate to most right now and why? So I would say uh being brave, uh, even though I'm very kind uh and very sober, um, <laughs> I'm gonna say being brave because I was brave going sober in the first instance. Yeah. I think, it, it, you know, people are, are, are needing to do that to push through something so problematic. Uh, but also, I feel quite brave because I've had a tough kind of uh, period of time last year. And rather than crumbling and being tempted to drink and not being all woe is me, I probably was for a couple of weeks. I picked myself up, I put my big brave girl pants on. And I tackled life again, head on, a little bit like when I went sober in the first place. So I feel like I was brave five and a half years ago when I went sober and I was brave six months ago when I needed to step up again uh, and use all my sober tools. So my feeling at the moment, I've got goosebumps myself and it's me talking. Oh, but, that's uh, what I mean. <laughs> when you inspire yourself that much. I know, I know. But I'm definitely brave. I definitely, definitely feel brave. You are brave. So I'm so sorry you've inspired yourself. That's amazing. I know, but you know what, right? This is so thing, but I love that you did that. Have you ever done that, Alex? Right? I'm going to admit, I have, right? I've said stuff and thought, oh my God, that is so good. You can't write it down. <laughs> when you say something and you think, whoa. I was just brilliant then. That's exactly I've watched what I back before now. I never, I very, very rarely listen back to our podcast. But you know, sometimes I'll do like a video in the members only group or whatever. And sometimes I've got to admit, I have watched back and gone, <laughs> and I've made myself. <laughs> Lisa's been 10 of the likes. <laughs> like, unlike, like, unlike. I've got to say, and I'm going to say this publicly, but ever since we did our Professor Nut podcast, right, I have been telling everyone how amazing Lisa was, right? Genuinely, to what we're talking about complimenting. How well did she handle, like, some of the stuff? Like, you know, when oh, you're no, testing, because I bet Sue hadn't even listened to no, it. Yet, I haven't listened to it, but I have heard Lisa say how incredible you were. So the compliments. <laughs> both ways I feel like and I I know that from each other we've said this but like there was one thing where Professor Nutt said right you've got me for an hour and then he went oh right both of you and she went do you know how lucky you are (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was really good you brought out the human side in him and then she did it again later on when he was like I still have a drink I'm too old for it she's like no you're not get on our sober experiment (laughs) I loved oh. that I really loved that episode because I, and I did I said to you didn't I Sue I loved like Alex's knowledge and background and I think she's so clever and I think we're learning after all these episodes that actually we can complement each other so yeah. well and yeah. like we used to try and be each other sometimes too much. Yeah. So I would try and find all these facts and figures and then you try and like be, a, be a human. <laughs> be, be a human, yeah. She'd try, she'd try and be kind. <laughs> Instead of just blurting out what I am who I am now, aren't I? So yeah, right, yeah. I'm, the, 
I'm the scientific cyborg and Lisa's the humankind one. <laughs> <laughs> you are kind and human, Alex. Oh, yeah. We all are. And I'm we so are. proud of all of us. And I'm glad that we inspire each other and ourselves. Me like, too. how good is that? And it's true about, like, finding, your, you know, when you are your true self, your authentic self, you're going to attract people and the right people. And I feel like that's what we're doing now. We're, we're finding our tribe, aren't we? Yeah, we're finding our six people. Uh, yeah. We're three of them. Yeah. <laughs> the no, we're, there's no room for anyone else. I'm like, is there? <laughs> <laughs> we're only allowed six. That is the beauty, though, of our groups as well. Yes. That actually, there's more than six, so there's no way we can be shitty people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Think of all those people whose lives are being changed by being in be sober with us. So really, yeah. 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 Oh, thank you so much, mm. Sue. Um, <laughs> we could have gone on for ages then, couldn't we? I did. I know. I know we have. I mean, if you're still there, thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> See you later, everyone. <laughs> no, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. All right. I'm going for a wee now. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We really do appreciate your support. So to stay updated with our latest episodes, be sure to follow or subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to share the Be Sober Love with your friends, helping us reach even more people. If you're interested in learning more about the impactful work we do, or you want to become part of our incredible Be Sober community, visit our website at besoberofficial.com. There you'll find all the information you need and discover how you can get involved. We look forward to welcoming you into our community of changemakers. Until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober.